If you saw a fully dressed six foot four inch grown man jump into an outdoor pool on a somewhat cool spring afternoon, you might think to yourself, this guy's a little crazy. And if you came to know the man and his reasons for it, you still might think he was a little crazy, but out there in a good way, like in the way a fierce love can make you. And it so happens that this is a story of a man who found himself so head over heels in love that he would do anything in its name, from rappelling down a 20-story building in a red cape, to doing the Carolina shag on Dancing with the Stars, to yes, jumping in a pool in business slacks. And that's really just the beginning of his devotion. But this is no ordinary love story. It's the story of a man who dearly loved a school and the school that loved him back. As you can imagine, I've spent a lot of time recently thinking about my last days and weeks as your headmaster. Serving Baylor as head of school has been the greatest honor of my career. I believe that on our best days, there is literally no place anywhere that compares to Baylor. Welcome to another episode of The Quad Pod, a podcast highlighting life at Baylor School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Inspired by the many converging paths on our campus where faculty, staff, students, alumni, and families meet, we bring you stories from all angles told by many voices. On this episode, we celebrate the tenure and legacy of Scott Wilson, who has served our school as headmaster for the past 12 years. First, we start by speaking with Susan Collins, Scott's assistant for 12 years and someone who knows him as well as anybody. Next, we sit down with Mattson Lewis, who offers us a perspective on Scott's legacy and the transformative effect his fundraising efforts have brought to the campus during his tenure. Finally, Senior Orly Burke will sit down with Scott for his exit interview. Interspersed, we'll hear some highlights from Scott's final speech to the student body and well wishes from some of his closest friends and supporters. Listen and discover what ties us together as a community. And now, episode seven, Crazy Love. Susan Collins is a Baylor School legend. If anyone can be said to rival Scott for sheer school pride and love of Baylor, it's Susan. Serving as the administrative assistant to the headmaster in a career spanning 31 years and five different heads, Susan knows Baylor, and she has witnessed firsthand, perhaps more than anyone else, the impact a headmaster can have on the direction and health of a school. Susan relates that Scott's return in 2009 marked a new era in the school's history. Here was a headmaster that seemed to live and breathe school pride everywhere he went. If you looked up Baylor in the dictionary, Scott's picture would be there. I was flabbergasted by his love for Baylor, his knowledge of Baylor, his uh, complete acceptance of everything he needed to do to be a supportive headmaster, every athletic event, every meeting he needed to go to, every person that asked to see him, students, parents, within a couple of months, I believe he knew 75% of the names of the kids on campus. It just was night and day, the difference in having an alum, not only who uh, 
at being alum, but who loved Baylor with his whole heart. And where did this love for Baylor originate? I think Scott had an amazing experience at Baylor. He started out kind of on the uh, lazy side. He admits this. I'm not telling him anything you don't already know. And he had teachers who cared about him, who um, connected with him, and made him realize I'm having the opportunity of my life here at this school, and I'm going to take advantage of it, albeit not at first. And I think that he left Baylor with the appreciation of everything that Baylor had done for him, so much so that he wanted to um, be in the administrative part of running a school. And I'm not sure if Scott's ambition from the day he decided to be an administrator was to be back at Baylor, but I sort of believe that probably was in the back of his mind. And in a true show of his love, his spirit never dwindled, even when trials that would have broken a lesser man arrived unpredictably in his personal life. I've seen him drag himself off a sickbed to go to a tournament or um, a state championship or even a swim meet somewhere not even close. He just loved being there, supporting these kids, having these kids see him in the stands. He knew how much that would mean to these kids. It, was, it wasn't anything that could be faked. It was absolutely real. He hard, had a hard time saying no to anybody about any program, any privilege, whatever they were asking. He more than anything wanted it to happen for these kids. But as Scott is also quick to tell you, he didn't do it alone. But another thing I want to mention about Scott that I think will also contribute to his legacy was his wife, Susan. She was she dove into this. She left the corporate world to be a headmaster's wife. And she dove into the work that Scott was doing. She was she was amazing and he gives her a lot of credit. So I think the two of them Together, they'll be remembered as a unit, and I, I think Scott will be very pleased about that. First of all, they opened their home to dinners, to casual things. Their home was as much uh, available and open to any kid at any time. I don't even know how they had a home life, <laughs> but she seemed to love it too and took a special interest in the boarding and trying to make the boarding experience. That is another um, thing that's going to go down good for Scott's legacy is how much he wanted to improve the boarding situation, just make these boarding kids feel like they were home away from home rather than a school that was cold and impersonal. She just dove into that and made a lot of improvements and a lot of good suggestions and um, she was always, we became friends, walking friends. I never got into the bird watching as much, but just taking walks with her. And um, I think she appreciated that she knew how much I love Scott and wanted to help make his job as easy as possible. I just felt like I was part of Scott's family, and he'd say, she's part of our family, and I just love that. Because Baylor had been a part of my life since the early 60s when my brother came here in 1960 as a seventh grader. And um, 
when I was in high school at GPS, all I ever wanted to do was get a ride over to Baylor, <laughs> right through the campus. So I had a deep love for Baylor and having someone like Scott to uh, say I work for him. He always said, she works with me. He never, ever left the office before I did without saying, thank you for today. I mean, wow, I just, I mean, of course I wanted to do everything I possibly could to make his job easier. And Susan was the same way. She just thanked me every time I saw her for helping, helping Scott have a, an easier time. So, Family, in fact, is probably the word that more frequently than any other comes up in conversations with and about the Wilsons. Family, for them, extends far beyond blood. Often we would um, be in a car together. We would go. There was a wonderful student who, long story, but was accepted to Baylor. Um, but she had been a cancer patient and she'd lost her leg. But she knew about Baylor and through all kinds of wonderful things, she got to come to Baylor and almost immediately her cancer returned. But um, Scott just fell in love with this. Kennedy Griffith was her name. And... Uh, we would we traveled to see her one time when she was when she was ill and at home and he started talking to me about just things in his life and his past and um, and there were things that I didn't know about Scott and it didn't surprise me I mean they were natural things that would happen to a young man but he talked about his dad and how he was adopted and he had um, four let's see one other there were four boys and one other boy was adopted and two and he was the oldest eldest and he was the one everybody depended on and he told me a lot about what that was like and you know not knowing your parents and what a taskmaster his father was and but yet he was grateful every moment that his dad sent him to Baylor it was just so delightful to hear his life and um, how he came to Baylor, like, well, I'll get through this place as fast as I can and go to Georgia and have fun, and his evolution into a grown man and his um, priorities and responsibilities and his love for his family, just seeing, talking to him and seeing that uh, evolution of his personality, I just just makes me respect him. I call him my son, <laughs> or like my son, and he just says, you're part of my family. If your friends and acquaintances gathered to talk about you, what would they say if they're being truly honest? Would they talk admiringly of you, of your passion for life, of your work ethic, would they speak of your commitment to be the best you can be? Would they say you're a good classmate, a good teammate, a good friend? What would they say about your integrity, about your loyalty? What would they say about your kindness, your generosity? And again, you may be thinking, what does that have to do with Baylor? My answer to you is everything. 
One of my favorite writers about education says this, John Dewey writes, education is not preparation for life, education is life itself. These days we are living, you are living today. This is life. These days matter. Next up, we talk with Matt Lewis, class of 1974, about the legacy that Scott is leaving for future generations of Baylor students. It's no secret that fundraising is a big part of a headmaster's job, and Scott Wilson is a great fundraiser. During his time here, he spearheaded the largest capital campaign in the school's history, the Forever Forward campaign. Thanks to the generosity of more than 5,500 alumni, parents, friends, and faculty, Baylor raised over $52 million, money that has literally transformed the campus. And while many, many people were essential to the success of this campaign, it was Scott's vision for a new home for the humanities and the learning center and a revitalized quadrangle that drove the heart of the initiative. If you haven't been on campus lately to see the new Probasco Academic Center and the quad, you owe it to yourself to visit. As words fall short of capturing the impact these new additions have had on campus life. And now, Matt Lewis. Uh, this is Matson Lewis, and I am a Baylor alum, class of 1974. My role at the school is the chief advancement officer, so um, I'm primarily a fundraiser for Baylor what he brings to the table in terms of fundraising. I mean, he's very, very much a people person. He enjoys people. He likes people. Um, you can tell uh, they're interested in him. Of course, a lot of the Baylor people are interested in him because of his position, because of his role with the school. But he's very down-to-earth, um, humble, uh, and and is is genuinely interested in them. The other thing that they sense very quickly is is his passion about Baylor, his commitment to the school and to the students. They quickly pick up on that and sense it, and I think it develops trust and confidence, which are are uh, uh, very very important in terms of of philanthropy and um, people getting over the hump of, of making a significant gift to the school because they have confidence and trust in the CEO. We, we all see him as a cheerleader so much, you know, at athletic events, and that that's not doesn't define his, define his personality or his role. But, you know, he was very committed to raising money that had a big impact on the academic side of the school. And I think he, he saw the benefits of what a great you know, science facility could do for that discipline, the natural sciences at Bader, um, and, and wanted to do it for the humanities as well. You know, the heart of the campus, the very center of, of the school there, it, that the change there to me is, is transformational, what took place in, 
in the quadrangle and with Trustee Hall and, and the, the, now the Probasco Academic Center. Um, it's gorgeous, it, and uh, that's where the heartbeat is. Everybody crosses that path several times a day, students, teachers, um, staff people. Um, it's, a, it's a really feel-good space. He was such a student-centered head of school that, you know, what was going on with the, the, the students at Baylor was always the, the number one premium thing in his mind. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted him to be out raising money more. Uh, I was pulling on his coattails sometimes, but but he had his priorities right, and 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 he, he knows that the reason why we're all here is for the young people, and and that that's what drove him each and every day in the job that he did. To my good friend, all my love and Godspeed, son. Hey Scott, this is Allison Cromie. I certainly remember you in admissions long ago at Baylor, and here you are retiring. Um, what an amazing career. I look so forward to seeing you back on campus soon. And as always, go Big Red. Hey Scott, this is Jenny Stickley. I'm here to wish you well in your retirement, and I'm so thankful that both of my children got to be here during your tenure as headmaster. You will be missed, um, but I hope you have a wonderful next chapter. Yeah, Chippo Walt. Faith, honor, excellence, magnanimitas, and it's greatness of spirit, and that's really Scott Wilson's legacy here on the hill and off the hill, and uh, we love him dearly and wish him the greatest uh, in retirement. Hi, I'm Nicole Rogers, and my daughter Kate is a junior this year, and she's been at Baylor for three years, and it's been a wonderful experience. We're so thankful for Scott and his family and all that they've done for the Baylor community. We think that Baylor is just an exceptional experience, and part of that is because of his leadership here. So we're thankful for them, and we wish them the very best. Hey, this is Chrissy Brock. My son Gavin is in seventh grade. We love Baylor and the community here and want to thank Scott for his leadership during these past few years. Scott, I hate to see you go. You've been a magnificent headmaster and you came and did things to this school that needed to be done and I really appreciate it. And I wish you the very best in the times to come. You deserve a good rest. Wonderful. Do you mind telling us your name? Barry Haywood. Yeah, I'm uh, Jeff Nation. Scott's been such an asset here. The morale of the school noticeably changed when he got here, and it's been a rocket since since that's happened. And uh, Scott's the real deal, and is going to be sorely, sorely missed. Uh, my name is Tom Payton, and um, I know Scott. Um, I met Scott at. Baylor School in the seventh grade. Scott has to be one of the most well-loved people on the face of this planet. And um, and I am so proud of him. I'm proud to call him one of my close friends. He's just, and you ask anybody, he's just the greatest guy in the world. Hey Scott, Steve and Vivian Bettis here. Uh, I don't even know how to start, but we would not be at Baylor if it weren't for you. Uh, as you know the story, when you first became headmaster, we lived in Atlanta and came to hear you talk about Baylor. And Vivian and I both walked away and said, we've got to sell our house and move to Chattanooga and get our kids into that school. 
and after that we fell in love with Susan and uh, you of course and it was better than expected so thank you for the best move that we ever had in our whole family thanks and just our kids have been so privileged to attend this school and have so many wonderful memories and great experiences and so thank you Scott and Susan you're the best first wife there ever could be thanks Tim Manson and Scott and Buddy, it's been great having you here, and you're a great golf partner. And uh, now we can play golf all the time. See you, buddy. I'm uh, Scott Smith from the class of 78, and when I think of Baylor, I think of Scott Wilson. And when I think of Scott Wilson, I think of Baylor. They're one and the same, and we're so blessed to have had both. Yeah, this is Charles Mayfield. Scott, uh, I've known you since the year before I came to Baylor and uh, just thrilled with everything that you've been able to accomplish in your 12 years on campus and the many years before then. So we will miss you and hope, hopefully see you often. Uh, thank you for all you've done for the school. My name is Buddy Fisher, and I've known personally every Baylor headmaster since Dr. Baylor. Dr. Baylor is the only one that I have not known personally. But our current headmaster of finishing his last year Scott, he's been one of the best. And now, Senior Orly Burke with Scott Wilson. You've had two daughters, Jane and Georgia, who went to Baylor during your time as headmaster. Did they influence you in any way in how you view the school? Gosh, that's a great question. Yes. Um, I, I think one of my greatest points of pride is that Georgia and Jane went to Baylor um, and got so much from it. And I, I think they had two different experiences, which I think reflects well on Baylor. Um, and I, I, they both excelled in college, and I, they and my wife and I give Baylor a great deal of credit for that. Mm -hmm. So during your time, you've raised Baylor's endowment to the 24th highest high school in the nation, ushered in the new Scotty Probasco Academics Hall, OMEG Center, and now Wilson the Activity Center, as well as brought in multiple new renowned pro programs academically and athletically. What is the program that you're most proud of? Oh, wow. That's giant. You know, I'm a product, as is your dad, as you, as are you, as is your sister, um, of, of, a, of an educational program, you know, that's a, almost 130 years old. So, you know, my my work here has just been to keep building on those traditions. I, I have to give, I have to give credit for all those things to other people. Um, the endowment, for instance, I've had zero to do with that other than, you know, it's been concurrent to my tenure. Uh, the endowment committee, the board of trustees has done that. Um, the Scotty Probasco Academic Center, years ago, um, I was 
sitting with Jim Stover, and one of our trustees asked me the question, if you could do any one thing um, to would be that would be transformational for Baylor, what would that be? So I went I went next door and asked Mr. Stover the same question. And we thought about it and pondered it, and then we said an academic center that would uh, be kind of a humanities uh, um, companion to the Weeks Science and Technology Center, uh, which has allowed us to grow one of the best science programs in the country. Um, you know, build a build an academic center for the humanities. So this was seven, eight, nine years ago. Mr. Stover was serving as uh, the academic dean at the time, and we started imagining what would become the Probasco Academic Center at that time. Um, Mr. Probasco, his family, other very generous donors helped make that possible, and so. I deserve, I deserve almost no credit for that. I mean, I loved, I think we built a compelling vision for it. And, uh, and, and we had a, we had a great, easy message to sell and it, it sold well. <laughs> and I will say this, nothing makes me prouder than walking through that building and seeing how electric and wonderful classes are. Uh, in that space. And I'm especially proud of uh, the Learning Center. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that it um, welcomes students from all, you know, from across, you know, the spectrum of the school, um, that, that's really powerful to walk in there and see our, our best students and, and, and then to also see students who might be struggling with, with something, all of them in there being served, that's a really incredible thing. And so I'm super proud of that. Mm -hmm. Can't take any credit for it, <laughs> and I'm super proud of it. Yes. Very humble. No, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not being – I'm just being honest. Okay. I think, you know, if you wanted to ask me what, what I'm happy to take credit for, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a couple things. I'm, I was all about, you know, when I was a student here back in the 70s, uh, there was a transformation that happened at Baylor. It was, it was because of Herbert B. Barks, Jr. And Dr. Barks, what he brought to Baylor was just this deep, you know, profound spirit. And it wasn't just the outward school spirit. It was really a kind of love of school that um, – transcended you know that affected all of us um and what i wanted to make sure that that i did at baylor was to promote that in every way i i could so um i'm kind of a rah-rah guy and so it that part is easy for me and so you know the enthusiasm that i have for uh for our students, um, whether it's in the theater or the concert choir or round table or athletics, it is very natural and authentic. And um, I'm super proud of our school. 
Is there anything that you wish you had accomplished that you didn't get to do? Yes, there there are some things left undone. Um, we we've had some strategic initiatives, um, especially related to our boarding program. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had imagined uh, building. I think we have one of the best boarding programs in the country, hmm. and I think the privilege of boarding at Baylor is the privilege of being here 24 hours a day. But uh, it hadn't grown the way I had, I had hoped, and I take responsibility for that. Uh, we're working hard on it. I know Mr. Angel will be working hard on it with the board and with the administrative team and the faculty to to continue to build and support our boarding program. So we, we didn't we didn't make it all the way there. I think we're off to a and we've got a great foundation from which to go, but but we, we didn't finish that work. Uh, our summer programs, again, I think in the same place, a place from which we can really grow and, um, and become the best in class. But we're not there right now, um, and, I, you know, that's on me. I mean, anything that we haven't done well, um, I have to own. So you have been the longest serving headmaster at Baylor since when you were a student, Dr. Herb Barks Jr. And in the past 12 years, how have things changed from when you started to how you ended in terms of perspective and different goals and how you just view Baylor overall? Well, I'm not sure Baylor's changed a whole bunch during that time. I think the world around us has changed a lot. Mm -hmm some for the better and some not so much. Um, so I believe our mission is more, even more important today than it's ever been to prepare you guys to go out and make a positive difference because the world needs that. Um, and so, uh, you know, these are tough, tenuous times. And, um, and I think the thing that's, hardest about it is, uh, you know, f we, we need to learn, I think as a society, how to work together to solve problems rather than kind of go to our respective corners. And, uh, and I know we work hard here to do that, uh, but, but we can do better. Uh, and, and certainly I think the world, world needs us to. Mm-hmm. So you probably will be already doing this, but um, if you were to give advice to the new Baylor's headmaster, Chris Angel, what would you say to him? Wow. That's really good. Well, the, the beautiful part is, is that Chris knows Baylor well. He's a Baylor student. He, he gets it and I, I I'm most excited that someone who understands our culture, someone who loves the school, someone for whom the school means so much. I mean, Baylor means a lot to me. It changed my life. And I think Chris feels the same way. So I'm excited for him and for Baylor. I don't really need to. He is a, one of the best heads in the United States. So already, irrespective of his connection to Baylor. So Baylor's lucky to get him at, at a couple different levels. One, 
because he gets Baylor and two, because he's already, he's a great head of school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I, I know he will be highly successful here. He is a gifted leader and, uh, and he need, he's going to need to be because these are, these are tough times. Um, I don't envy anybody in leadership right now, to be honest. So, but, but he's got the toolkit to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what makes me happiest for him and Baylor. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any real advice to give <laughs> Mr. Angel. He doesn't need my advice. Yes, that's very good. Um, you've talked a lot about how different you are from when you went to Baylor as a kid. And me, myself, having about four days of my time at Baylor left, is there anything you would tell your high school self about how to look at the world? Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, how to look at the world. I think Baylor, you know, I think so much of what I got out of Baylor was kind of by osmosis. What I tell my high school self all the time is that I wish I'd worked harder here. Um, I wish that, you know, I wish I had taken better advantage of what Baylor offers. I, I, didn't, I didn't fully buy in until pretty late in my career. And so maybe that's what I would tell my, my 15, 16-year-old, 18-year-old self is not just about Baylor, but about life to to embrace you know we take so much for granted um life is beautiful it's not easy but it is beautiful um you know you know grasp opportunities and make the most of them you know uh whether that's in relationships or in opportunities or, um, you know, we, we're blessed. We, America's not perfect, but it is sure a place where we can still chase our dreams and, and, um, and, you know, take advantage, you know, put your shoulder to it and, and, um, you know, embrace every day. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't, I didn't do that as a young person as much as I, as I should have. And as we wrap up, we've talked a lot about your past as a student and as your term as headmaster, and you can take a second to think about this, but as you're moving on, how would you like to be remembered by Baylor School? Well, that's a good one. I mean, I, uh, as someone uh, who loved the school, who worked hard for Baylor and especially for our students. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student centered head of school. That gives me the most joy. It is the reason why I come to work every day. Um, with all due respect to adults, um, I'd rather spend time with young people. Um, and um, so I hope I hope I'm remembered as a student-centered head of school, mm-hmm. someone who did did his best to take care of our student body. 
that I think that's that's how I'd like to be remembered. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mr. Wilson. I am Orly Burke, class of 2021, signing off. And I'm Scott Wilson, class of 1975, signing off. We end our episode with one last excerpt from Mr. Wilson's closing speech to the student body. That year, it rained. It rains almost every year on the senior trip, but in 2018, it rained every day. It poured. Most of the activities on the senior trip are outside. We paddle, we hike, we climb, we do service work. It's all outside. So every day, our seniors would go out on their activities. They would be drenched. I went climbing one of those days. We were climbing waterfalls. I mean, it was, it was nasty. It was disgusting. We'd come back to camp that night. Everybody was soaked to the bone every night. So on the last night of the trip, I got up to say to the seniors, thank you on behalf of, not just because I'm your head, your headmaster, but because I'm a fellow Baylor alum, I just wanna say I'm proud of you and thank you for having such a great attitude through all of this. Without being prompted, the entire class stood up, put their arms around each other and sang the alma mater from the bottom of their hearts. white students, black students, Asian students, straight students, gay students, it didn't matter. It was the class of 2018, holding each other, swaying back and forth to the alma mater. I will never forget that image. And finally, I simply want to say to everyone, thank you for taking care of my family and me for the past 12 years. Y'all been for us, good times and bad, and we can never repay that love. So God bless and go Big Red. And on behalf of the Baylor School community, we say thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Wilson. We won't say goodbye because we know you and we know you can't really leave us entirely. And thank you to Susan Collins for sharing her time with us, to Madsen Lewis and all of the folks at the celebrations auction that let me put them on the spot for a word or two, to senior Stephen Yao for capturing audio from the official pool opening, By the way, do yourself a favor and check out the footage of the Wilsons celebrating the new Wilson Activity Center with that pool plunge. It's on the Baylor website. We're excited about next season of the Quad Pod, which will be an entirely student-run enterprise. 
Students taking the audio journalism elective will be directing the future of this podcast, and we can't wait to share more stories with you next year. Speaking of stories, we have several new ones up on our SoundCloud page, so check those out if you get a chance. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Baylor School. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank Senior Harrison Williams once more for providing the bulk of the music for this podcast. Harrison is off to LA to study music and media-related arts next year, and he leaves some big shoes to fill in his wake. If there are any students out there listening that want to try composing tracks for us next year, let's talk. That's all for now. Happy summer, everyone, and go Big Red.